San Francisco Bay. It's the Produce Pair, your food show on the enjoyment of fresh fruits and vegetables. What's in season? What's fresh? At the store, the farmer's market, in your backyard, and on your table. Speaking of fresh, here's your host, America's natural grocers, Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener. It's pear on this fine, fine. Okay, let's try that again. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Produce Pair. It's a lovely February day here in the San Francisco Bay. The overcast is all around us and uh, kind of cool, And but, you know, it's just beautiful outside. You know, it's good mushroom weather. You know, <laughs> it's certainly, well, actually, isn't it better mushroom weather when it rains and, and, and after it rains, you go in your backyard and get your mower all greasy and at least slimy and wet from all the mushrooms that grow in your backyard. But it's supposed to rain. That's why I didn't sprinkle my, my uh, garden this morning because it's supposed to rain. Oh, well, there you go. Leave it to Mother Nature. Hey, folks, I'm Dan the Produce Man. I'm Guido the Gardener. And this is the Produce Pair, P-A-I-R, radio show. And we're broadcasting live, actually, from San Francisco. Usually we're somewhere in the Bay, but today we're in San Francisco. And we're right around the corner from the Ferry Plaza Farmer's Market. And there is just a, an array of wonderful things at the Ferry Plaza Farmer's Market. I've seen olive oil and cheese and baked goods, fresh produce like you wouldn't believe, gigantic pomelos, little small set sumas, still there and still coming in. Just, you know, roots and fennel and beets and and mushrooms. Uh, mushrooms are something that a lot of folks don't know about anything but the little white mushrooms that you see in the stores and maybe the cremini mushrooms and mm, for some folks, you know. Maybe the portobello. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, Some folks stepping out there a little bit would be the Portobello, but there are other ways. You can go further into that deep water, folks, and we have a mushroom expert and grower with us here in the studio. His name is John Garoni, and he grows mushrooms in Moss Landing, and man, what a wonderful selection of mushrooms you have. Welcome to the Produce Pair, John. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Thanks for joining us today. You know, I picked up I'm gonna so, pull something that bag, you can't find right a, now. a mushroom from you this morning. <laughs> that looks like somebody's brain. And it actually, or uh, as Greg here in the studio said earlier, it looks like coral, something you'd find in a fish tank. And it's beautiful. It looks kind of furry, like a furry brain. Okay, now, now if that <laughs> sounds beautiful to you folks, hey, then we're on the same page. But this is a white mushroom with kind of little sections, but they're really clumped yeah, together to it, give it the brain effect. Excuse me. I know what it looks like exactly. What's that? Guido? It looks like cauliflower that's been rained on. You know when cauliflower gets rained on, it kind of rices up like that. Yeah, it that's gets furry, but it turns you know kind of discolored too, though. <laughs> this, this well, th that's got a yeah, that's got a much nicer color. What is this thing? It's a tribble. No, actually, it's a <laughs> bear's head mushroom. <laughs> a and uh, those mushrooms grow on red oak sawdust and rice bran. They, in nature, they're found on the side of trees, and they get very large and beard beard-like. Oh, okay. I think I've seen it that way, maybe in pictures. But. And they have a kind of moist, fibrous texture. Um, they're kind of absorbent. I usually just cut them in quarter to half-inch slices and pan-fry them with a little onion or carrot. Mm. And then do you accompany them with something else? 
Um, yeah, I usually kind of uh, cook them with a little onion or carrot. It tends to sweeten okay. them up. You know, oh. They have a kind of moist, like fibrous texture. They kind of sort of come out like crab meat. You know, they have fibers, and fibers kind of swell up when you cook them, and, okay. and they're kind of moist. What, now, what kind of trees out in the out in the in the in the wild? Usually hardwoods. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you, they usually get very dirty on the outside. And you know, if a gatherer finds one, they cut out the outside and cut them into kind of squares and slice them up that way. And but you grow them on sawdust, right? We basically, with all the mushrooms we grow, we get the sawdust, sterilize it introduce the culture takes uh, about 60 days with those mushrooms to uh, for them to fully colonize we then um, put them in a room uh, moist room and lower the temperature and they start pinning like that mm. that mushroom there takes uh, about two weeks actually to grow from when oh. it first you know starts pinning until it's about that size that's quick that's a, that's a nice size mushroom to get that big in such a short amount of time but then again mushrooms that I see in the yard get real big overnight. Oh. So quickly. Now, yeah. oh, real quick, uh, ahead, what, what I want to find out is this mushroom here particularly I have not seen in the stores at all. Is this something that you can find very high-end stores or very specialty markets or just at the farmer's markets? You might be able to find them. Uh, they grow throughout the world. Uh, in Europe, they're known as pom-pom blanc. In uh, Asia, they're known as lion's mane mushrooms also. Um, we grow them in limited quantity, and I very seldomly have seen them in the store, but once in a while. Is, okay. Is that also known as a um, as a uh, snowball? snowball um, I've, actually, I've never heard it by that okay. name, but it could be. You uh, know. A, a mushroom by any other name. Yeah, well, maybe you could throw it at someone and see if it drips down the side of their neck or something. <laughs> hey, folks, with the Produce Pair, we're talking with John Garoni. He's a mushroom grower in Moss Landing, California. And if you're interested in shrooms, stick around. We'll be back right after this break. Hello, this is Graham Kerr with some more fruit and vegetable news you can really enjoy. And you can offer a variety of vegetables in a dish your family already loves, mashed potatoes. At Just Boil, Yukon Gold Potatoes, mash them with a little low-fat milk. And whilst the potatoes are cooking, saute some chopped sweet onion, carrots and broccoli until it's tender. And then simply combine the vegetables, mashed potatoes, with just a dash of salt and pepper. It looks and tastes delicious and it's low with great nutrients. What a way to give your family one and a half vegetable servings. For more free recipes and tips, call 1-800-4-CANCER or visit 5aday.gov. That's the number 5aday.gov. So go on, please do yourself a flavor. Enjoy your five or more servings of fruit and vegetables every day for better health. That's the good news from the National Cancer Institute. The Produce Pair website. When is the best time of the year to pick up some Texas red grapefruit and Texas oranges at your local store? Right now, of course. The fruit is at its sweetest and juiciest. Texas grapefruit and oranges have no fat, sodium, or cholesterol. They're both an excellent source of vitamin C and a good source of vitamin A and dietary fiber. Texas citrus is versatile fruit that can be sectioned, squeezed, sent as a gift, or even added to recipes. Try layering fruit sections into a tall glass with yogurt and granola. Add them to fish and chicken dishes or place atop mixed green and spinach salads. When selecting citrus, look for fruit 
heavy for its size. That's an indication of its juiciness. For the latest citrus recipes, gift fruit shippers, and nutritional information, visit www.texassweet.com. That's T-E-X-A-S-W-E-E-T.com. Texas grapefruit is available in the Bay Area at PW Markets, Molly Stones, Whole Foods, and in the Pacific Northwest at Cost Cutters and Food Pavilion. Uh, welcome back to the Produce Pair, folks. I'm Dan the Produce Man, along with Guido the Gardener. And John Garoni is with us from uh, Hazel Dell Mushrooms, and they grow in Moss Landing, California, and uh, some of them grow other places as well, but his particularly. And we're having a good time here talking about, we just talked about the bearhead mushroom. That, I don't think we ever gave the proper name for it, did we? The bearhead. They're Heresium arenatus. Oh, yeah, okay. yes, if I'm not uh, mistaken, oh, yeah. if you want uh, yeah. the Latin name on it. Oh, I knew yeah. a guy named that in yeah. college. Um, <laughs> you probably stole his notes in Latin. <laughs> okay, some of the more common mushrooms. Yeah, we, um, on one end of the scale, we have a um, kind of an oddball mushroom that we were talking about earlier. But most, most people know the, you know the white mushroom, and then up from there maybe the brown or the cremini mushroom, and then up from there the portobello. But what, what's the difference between... Between all those, those those all- three mushrooms are all agaricus mushrooms, agaricus bisporal. Um, the white mushrooms is what mostly everybody is used to. The brown ones are cremini mar- mushrooms, are a drier mushroom, and because they're drier, their flesh tends to be firmer, and they also have a little more flavor because they that, have less water. That's what I, you know, that's what I thought. I tend to gravitate toward a brown mushroom because I think they've got a little bit more flavor. What about the portobello? That just looks like a big brown mushroom. Right. Portobello yeah. is basically it's a, a different growing technique. When the mushrooms first start pinning, they pull off the smaller ones. And what, way, does, what does pinning? What's pinning? That's when they first come out. Okay, when they, there you go. When the little mushrooms come out. They're all pulled, you know, the little guys are pulled off, and that way each individual mushroom can get more water. They're also a larger strain usually. And then they just get big. Now that one actually tastes... To, the, to me, that one has a the portobello more so than the brown or the white has just a deeper, richer flavor. I, lo- I love to. So to what grill happens those. in the process to give it that? Well, they're they're grown to maturity. If you notice, the portobellos are always opened up, right? And because of that, they're riper, and so they'll have more flavor to them. Okay. And that those those now, you know, folks, you can get them in uh, in mo- almost all stores. They're either loose. Sometimes the caps are are uh, in a little package, or they're sliced. I can remember moons ago walking the the San Francisco market and you know maybe we'd buy like two cases and they came out of Pennsylvania or somewhere in a little like a shoebox and most of the time they were always broken and now it's just truckloads of the, of those mushrooms sure and a lot of the organic mushrooms are that are commercially grown are, are flown in from Pennsylvania but more and more we're starting to see them locally. Now, you were talking about shiitakes during the break and some of the right. medicinal values. Shiitakes obviously are available in the stores. They have a, their own distinctive mm-hmm. flavor. Well, our mushrooms are certified organic. Uh, we there have, we, we there have, you go. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're a real delicious mushroom. They have a very thick, dense texture. They are really good for your health. From what I understand, they have in the gills, they have something called lentinium, which allows your body to create more interferon, and it boosts your immune system. But they're a real good-tasting mushroom also. Um, and they have amino acids, and they're loaded with protein. They're they're just a good mushroom, good healthful mushroom for you. Now, with shiitakes, I've 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 had them in stir fry, and things before, but I never really. Someone had made a pasta with shiitakes in it one time, and I just couldn't fathom the two flavors together. How'd it taste though? 
I didn't taste it. Oh, you didn't taste it. No, they were it, telling uh, me about it. Oh. oh. Well, they're really wonderful. I mean, just thrown on pasta. You can just you know, slice them up, saute them, garlic and butter. Sherry sets them off really good. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, go. I'll throw them on top of the pasta and then roast some sesame seeds and sprinkle them on top. They're, you know, they're, they're really versatile mushrooms. Yeah, years ago, I remember the only way you could really find those was dry. Right. And until they started coming along fresh, folks were catching on. And some of the suggestions were to take those dry shiitakes and soak them in sherry to bring mm-hmm. them back. I remember that well. Now, the, st- the uh, stem of the shiitake, that's, I find that to be a little bit more fibrous. What I'll do Yeah, is, they're kind of woody. Yeah. I'll, I'll, either cook, I'll either cut that up smaller so it cooks quicker, or I'll just stem them, and then I'll, use, I'll just use the caps for what I, whatever I'm doing, then I'll use the stems. You can use them. Else, yeah, yeah, you can also you know, cut them thin and use them yeah. in soups. You know, they, they do have a lot of flavor, but they are just kind of woody. Yeah. Okay, tree oysters. Tree oyster mushrooms real quick. Oh, there we go. Right, tree oysters also grow on sawdust. Uh, they have a kind of chewy stem and a sharper flavor than the, uh, the, the regular mushrooms. They're wonderful in soups. My favorite quick recipe with those is you throw them into chicken broth while it's simmering. I usually put a lid on it, turn the heat off, leave them in for about 10 minutes, and um, it makes just a great quick little snack. Right. One of my favorites. John Garoni, thanks for joining us today. You can find him at the Ferry Plaza Farmer's Market here in San Francisco. Real quick, what other farmer's markets? Uh, we're also at the San Francisco Farmer's Market, the Heart of the City Farmer's Market, and Mountain View. Uh, we'll be at the Ferry Building starting March 22nd. For all uh-huh. you folks there in the go. Bay Area, Hazel Dell Mushrooms. Thanks, John, for joining us today on welcome. The Produce Pair. Welcome back to the Produce Pair, folks. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, along with... Guido the Gardener. And I uh, just want to let you know a little bit about www.producepair.com. That's produce, P-A-I-R.com. On the What's New page, we have uh, articles by Guido the Gardener on mandarins. You ever wonder what the difference between a mandarin and a tangerine and a tangelo and an orange are? Well, you just log on to www.producepair.com, go to the What's New page, and you will click on Guido the Gardener's Mandarin article. Also, Dan the Produce Man has written an article called February Produce and just gives you a little bit of uh, interesting information on what's going on in the world of produce this month. So log on to www.producepair.com and check it out today. Also, Guido. Yes, uh, sir. I'm here. This weekend, we both have articles in the newspaper. Guido's Ooh. article is, I saw yours on ContraCostaTimes.com. Are you in the ContraCosta Times now? I I better not be. I don't think they're paying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, better, I better check on that. Either that or, I, or I've got to check the contract I was semi-forced into signing, huh? Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, let's see. You're, you're in the, um, the Alameda, Alameda Journal, Journal, the yes. Montclarian, Correct. the Berkeley Voice. Those, sh- Yes. And then sure. um, sometimes the uh, sometimes there's one of their papers in in Concord picks me up, but I'll, okay, I'll have to, so that's I'll have to be... check it out because somebody else mentioned that too. Yeah, I saw uh, maybe Contra Costa Times bought one of the newspapers that you're you're in. And, yeah, because and... it's you know it's they they kind of sh- they kind of share copy back and forth. So um, okay, well, what's this week's for- topic? Um, this the one that published Just came out yesterday. Yesterday was. Uh, Valentine's straw. Basically, it was strawberries. No, was it really? Yeah. Oh, we both did it. Okay. You did strawberries too. I didn't. Yes. I didn't pick up the paper. Uh, the Alameda Sun. Sun. Yeah. Mm. It's on my. Sorry, it's, it's still on my front porch. I did did the strawberries and then it rained. Oh yeah. And and and, <laughs> it, and I wrote it and got it to him in time, but 
it rained like heck. Luckily, a lot of strawberries were picked. Oh, there's plenty and sent oh, out to the stores. Yeah, so Dan, the there's next plenty. Next round of strawberries. Yeah. No, there's plenty. Will be of, kind of damaged, but um, no, there's plenty. There's a lot of organic sh- uh, strawberries out there too. Yes, there are. You're right. The Camarosa is coming up to Northern California, and in Southern California, luckily has the old-fashioned Chandler variety. So, but we need, but we need the rain. Oh, well, we certainly do. But anyway, well, good. So check out the newspapers, folks, and uh, and the Produce Pair website, and you'll be informed. That's right. <laughs> and if you're you'll a single, buried out, that's for sure. And if you're a single woman, you'll be misinformed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that one's bad. Well, how about speaking <clears throat> of misinformed or single? How about this passion fruit here? This is one of my favorite fruits right here. Well, the the passion fruit, I picked that up. I just saw it. Um, I just saw it yesterday. I don't think this thing is ripe yet because it's not ugly enough. Right, and well, it's not that's saw, right. And it's not but it's soft nice enough. it's nice and heavy. Yeah, it is. And um, it was fairly costly. Really? That, okay, well, they never Excuse get me. more than, what size would we compare that to? Tangerine size. Yeah, this is like a size. little clementine tangerine size. But uh, passion fruit is often mixed with something else, like in a, like in a juice. Uh, they'll, they'll blend it. Hawaiian punch, that's a main ingredient in Hawaiian punch is passion fruit. Yeah. Yeah, now, they're very, very, they're very, very tasty. They're a little sweet, but tart at the same time. The interior is kind of a kind of a greenish, gluey, gelatinous look with but seeds that you with chew seeds on. that you, you chew, on. Yeah. chew on. Kind of like a pomegranate. But the flavor is absolutely refreshing. Yeah, it's unlike anything else. There's no substitute for the flavor of uh, of passion fruit. You know, you throw that in a blender with some orange juice or something, and it just spices it up yeah. big time. Yeah, no, it's altogether different. Somebody, now, wh- where did you pick that up? I, I got this actually at Whole Foods. Okay, so they're available right now. They're available. Yeah, they're around. Subtropical fruit. All right, folks, more the produce pair. I'm Dan the Produce Man. I'm still Guido the Gardener. Well, that's good. And uh, we're going to come back and talk about some of the things Guido has growing in his garden and some mangoes, too, out of the Southern Hemisphere. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this. Selling vegetables on Broadway. Well, that's that sounds good to me. Where were you going, Guido? Guido kind of raced out of the studio here real quick. I, I think he was. Napkins. Oh, needed napkins. Okay. Anyway, we're back. We're the produce. I pair. am the produce pair. I'm half the produce pair. <laughs> okay. There, there's a lot of things available right now, and you know the produce industry has gone from a you know, hundred item department to an average of about 315 items in every produce department, and that's year round as well. All year long. And not even four years ago, well, maybe five years ago, mangoes were not as abundant as year-round as they are now. And the past few years, we've been seeing the big push out of South America for mangoes all year long. And what's neat about it is it gives us the season all over again. The varieties start in the same, pretty much the same order as they do from Mexico. So you've got Tommy Atkins and, and Hayden's and Kent's and Kiet's, and then Mexico starts up the same way. Now, Guido has here two Kent mangoes, and he's cutting one right now. Now, the deal with these Kent mangoes, these are the last South American mango we get before Mexico starts in March next month. This one here, I think it got, got bruised a little. but It's th- still fine, though, inside. Yeah, oh, it'll, it'll eat fine. 
I'm cutting it up for you there, Dan. Uh, but the, the deal with this mango, the Kent variety of mango, is that the color stays fairly green even when it's Thank you. ripe. Okay. Folks, you've been used to mangoes with that bright kind of a yellow-orange exterior color, which signals its ripeness. With this variety, the Kent, it just doesn't do that. But when it's soft, it's ripe. What's that taste like? Well, it's very good and, and very sweet. has the, the nice uh, tropical mango flavor to it. And the thing with this mango here is you may not get the color on the outside, but on inside you also don't get strings That's in right. your teeth. Very good. With the lovely, colorful red varieties, especially the Haydens, you're going to get a lot of strings in your teeth. This is nice and smooth, almost like a, a Tolfo mango or a manila mango. Right, like a manila mango. And this, so it's, it's a real treat. It's real custardy. That's what I try to um, to tell folks to get them to try this one is although the exterior color isn't there, you know, it doesn't, it's not appealing to the eye. The texture of this is, is really silky. It's, it's in, in just pure texture, it's probably the creamiest one around, even even next to the Atolfo or the, the Manila Mango, whatever you want, to, whatever name you want to call that. So right now, folks, these are in the market. They are extremely delicious. Uh, take advantage of them while they're here, because they're not going to be here for very much longer before Mexico starts again. Yeah, and you know what? What you can do is take the passion fruit that are available in the market, cut the, the stem area off the top of the uh, passion fruit, just just. Cut across the top of it so it reveals the inside. Squeeze that passion fruit into a blender. And then after that, take this mango and slice it up. Throw that into the blender. A little bit of juice if you want, any Mm. type of juice. Orange works real well with it. Or some soy milk if you, uh, or milk, whatever you prefer. Hey, Dan, this thing is great. Oh, it's an excellent mango. And just make yourself a nice little tropical juice there. You can add banana. Banana. Thicken oh, it up a little. This is fantastic. Boy, this thing's really good. So vitamin C is the big push in mangoes. Potassium, too. Vitamin Lots A. Lots of potassium. Vitamin A, of course, yeah. a beta carotene. It's an orange vegetable if you're watching eating your colors. And whatever you do, when you buy mangoes and you don't eat them right away, do not put them in the refrigerator because they're just, it, it's, it kills them. It kills the interior and it deadens the ripeness. And it, Now, if it's Completely ripe. Go ahead, but I still don't recommend yeah. it. This is a room temperature piece of fruit. Yeah, it's a tropical fruit. It really doesn't like the cold, so just just eat it. Stand over the sink, slice it up, manja. Oh, fruit salad, though. This gives you the opportunity to have tropicals in your fruit salad in February. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great call. If you walk into your uh, your local market you know, today, the next uh, week, couple, check out the really green mangoes. And, you know, the other thing I like to do with them is I like to take boneless, skinless chicken mm. breasts. I like to cut them up a little bit thinner than they than they come in the package and maybe a little bit of pepper, just cracked black pepper, and take the mango and roll the mango around in my hand so that it's the, Gets all the— all mushy? Yes, exactly. Cut the top off that and just squeeze it all over the chicken and cook it. It's just absolutely delicious. I cooked a uh, crockpot chicken a few days ago. Oh, and- a whole chicken. A whole, yeah, uh, yeah, a whole chicken. It was dead. It was very dead. Okay, good. Yeah, it, it wasn't talking to me when I threw it into the pot. But I, I rubbed it up with some dry spices, and then I threw in a mango and a uh, and a really ripe pear ah, in, into the crock good. pot. So I had some, some uh, sweet from the fruit, the mango and the pear, and I had some heat from the uh, chili powder and whatnot, and it, it was delicious. 
You know, if you take that and you pull that chicken out after and all the fruit and... Well, the fruit just disintegrated. Okay, well, th that's even better. Then what you do is you take that juice and you pour it in a stainless steel bowl. Okay. Stick that in the refrigerator. Let the fat harden. Come to the top and harden. Scrape that off and then bring that juice with the fruit in it back out and make yourself a gravy for that chicken and it's just mm. absolutely delicious. Pour that over rice. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Hey, We're folks, eating now. There's your meal tonight, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dan the Produce Man. I am Guido the Gardener. We're the Produce Pair. We'll be back right after this. When is the best time of the year to pick up some Texas red grapefruit and Texas oranges at your local store? Right now, of course. The fruit is at its sweetest and juiciest. Texas grapefruit and oranges have no fat, sodium, or cholesterol. They're both an excellent source of vitamin C and a good source of vitamin A and dietary fiber. Texas citrus is versatile fruit that can be sectioned, squeezed, sent as a gift, or even added to recipes. Try layering fruit sections into a tall glass with yogurt and granola. Add them to fish and chicken dishes or place atop mixed green and spinach salads. When selecting citrus, look for fruit heavy for its size. That's an indication of its juiciness. For the latest citrus recipes, gift fruit shippers, and nutritional information, visit www.texassweet.com. That's T-E-X-A-S-W-E-E-T dot -E -E com. Texas grapefruit is available in the Bay Area at PW Markets, Molly Stones, Whole Foods, and in the Pacific Northwest at Cost Cutters and Food Pavilion. What more appropriate sponsor for the Produce Pear Show than fresh pears from the Northwest? Do you enjoy a soft, buttery texture to your fruit? Try the Gourmet Pear, the Comi. Or for those who want to include more organics in the fresh fruit mix, the Pear Bureau Northwest offers a varied lineup of pears. Now with any pear you choose, here's a tip for picking the ripe one. Hold it in your hand and give it a gentle squeeze around the stem area with your thumb. If it has a bit of a give, it's ready. And one thing to keep in mind is that a pear is easily substituted in place of an apple in any salad, side dish, or dessert you're preparing. Currently, the marketplace is full of these nutritious, delicious fruits fruits from Oregon and Washington. Just look for the USA pear sticker on the fruit. Pears from the Northwest and visit them at their website www.usapears.com. The Produce Pear website is where you can find lots of information on fresh fruits and vegetables. From recipes and articles by Dan the Produce Man and Guido the Gardener to fresh tips on selections at your favorite produce counter. Plus links to several other sites on nutrition and cooking. Just log on to www.producepear.com that's ProducePair.com. Do you have a question, recipe, or tip that you'd like to share? Just email Dan or Guido from www.ProducePair.com. That's ProducePair, P-A-I-R.com. Welcome back to the Produce Pair on this lovely, lovely Saturday in the San Francisco Bay. I'm Dan the Produce Man. I'm Guido the Gardener. Hey, we want to thank KITZ in Seattle, KSBN in Spokane, and KBNP in Portland for joining us here on the Produce Pair radio show on this fine, lovely Saturday. Hey, Guido, yes, what sir? is this Victory Garden book that you have? Well, I am an, I'm very enthusiastic about sharing this with you and our listeners. This here, I picked this up. It's called uh, Victory Garden Guide, prepared by Standard Oil Company of California as a service <laughs> to the public. This was printed in 1943. 
This was if I, now I'm not sure how many folks in the audience remember Victory Gardens. I don't. I'm, I'll be 48 next week, so I was not around in World War II. Well, I but no, I studied no, history. Talk about it. My I've parents talked about it. Sure, Victory Gardens. In that uh, during during World War II, there was a shortage of just about everything, and there was an effort to have folks grow their own, which is I, I think you know war or no war, I think is a wonderful way of uh, of going it uh oh yeah if you've got a piece of property yeah. in your backyard even something even you know G- four square feet this do book, it this book here says if you've got one square foot you can grow a tomato i mean that's how far they were in encouraging folks to to produce some of their own because that you know there there were shortages you'd go into the grocer and well when you had like i guess little stamps you only could get so much of this and so much of that and and whatnot and let me let me quote something out of this you know especially now given the given the times that we're in and you know comparing and contrasting what people did during world war 2 in support of of the war effort and what's going on what's going on today. Uh, Thus, you can relieve the shortage of supplies at your grocers, and in in addition, you will find Victory Gardening invigorating exercise, which will take the place of some of the recreations now denied by war restrictions. And what was interesting is I was reading this at about 3 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep, and I just kind of grabbed this off the shelf. And, you know, war restrictions. And I'm thinking, geez, you know, unfortunately, if it does come to that, you know, how much... Are Americans going to stand for sacrifice? There's a word we don't use. Well, you know, much, you if know. you look at it, the studies show you're supposed to eat five to nine servings of fruit and vegetables every day. Yeah. The average American eats 1.4 <laughs> servings, <laughs> yeah. and the rest is taquitos and yeah, with, with you know, with 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 a bountiful harvest. We're we're not eating as much. So anyway, I was I was leafing through this, and as you can put two and two together, it's put out by Standard Standard Oil of. Uh, Standard Stations Inc. This is there's a stamp at the back of this 5490 East 14th Street in Oakland with the old pre-zip code and KE2. I'd love to call this number and see if it's it's standard oil. But, you know, because also in this book, there's, uh, you know, a lot of fertilizers and chemicals and pesticides and whatnot uh, <laughs> well, that, you know that standard oil is was producing but there's also a lot of barnyard manure but here's one interesting thing and they and they list all sorts of different fruits and vegetables uh, melons and lettuce and celery and carrots and whatnot and they've got you know cute little uh, caricatures and stuff in here but one thing that really caught my eye and this is under sweet corn varieties early sweet corn Here's one, uh, Cross Bantam, Golden Bantam, which are two very old varieties. Sure, those are, I remember those varieties. You know, they they don't even grow those anymore. But here, here's another one. i got to do some homework on this one. It is called the Alameda Sweet. And as the regular listeners to the Produce Pair radio show know, Dan and I are both from Alameda, which is uh, nestled right in the heart of the San Francisco Bay. Right now we're in San Francisco. Alameda's right across the... Uh, Across the uh, the uh, the bay there, but I've got to do some homework on this sweet corn variety called Alameda Sweet. I think you may never find it, Guido. I don't. Maybe I'll find some old timer in Alameda that knows. Well, folks, if you can't find Alameda Sweet Corn, you can find <laughs> Alameda Sweet by listening to the Produce Pair. You better <laughs> believe it. And one of the, one of the reasons. Um, I'm bringing all of this up is that I too, you know, Guido the gardener. I do have a gardener, and what I did. Do you uh, have a gardener or a I, garden? I, I got it. No, <laughs> if I 
I don't have the money for a gardener, I tell you. Jeez. But uh, but I am a gardener. I don't have a gardener. I am the gardener. And this past uh, Tuesday on my day off, I planted all sorts of seeds out in the garden. I've got uh, radishes, spinach, turnips, Swiss chard. I, oh, oh, and all sorts of peas. I got snow peas, snap peas, regular uh, shelling peas. Although the cats dug into that, so I might have to redo that. But and then, I, and then <laughs> that's fertilizer that you don't want. That I don't want. No, you don't want food, meat eating fertilizer in your yard. But the other thing I did is I put up a bunch of seeds in little pots. I've got one here. I got a lemon cucumber here that hasn't sprouted yet. It looks yet. fabulous, Quito. <laughs> yeah, all it is is dirt. <laughs> But that's here to re- that's here to remind you know that's here as a prop to remind me. And I've got Kentucky Wonder beans, and I've got very two different good cucumbers, and- an older variety of beans that you yeah. don't see in the store anymore. But you know what this is good for is, is right now you're previewing to all the produce pair listeners what we're going to be hearing about later on as these things start sure. popping up out of the ground and producing fruit. So that's fantastic. Yeah, if you live somewhere where you can plant, I guess now would. Would be a time to sure. give, it, give it an attempt. I mean, we still have the possibility of some freezes, and you could lose whatever you whatever you but, plant. You but, know, roots and leaves you can you can plant depending on how how far north you are. But right. there's quite a few things. Or start your summer things indoors. Just Inside. put them in a in a window. There you go. And keep them moist. Keep them damp. Fantastic. Okay, some growing tips from Guido the Gardener here on the Produce Pair Radio Show. What knowledge? What (laughs) knowledge? Hey, we'll be back after this. Okay, make sure you wipe your mouth after you. Eat your lasagna. Put on that big bib. Don't splatter the sauce all over your nice white shirt. And um, eat your lasagna. And some of the mushrooms that we talked about earlier in the program go perfect with lasagna as well. Excelente! It's it's, uh, root vegetable season, folks. Beets, turnips, and things of that nature. They're boring. No, they're but they're very, good. But they're very, good. But they're very boring. good. They may be boring to you, I but enjoy, I think that I, I think that magazine rich. you have in your hand with the men's shirts off and all the muscles. You don't like that? I find that boring. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but there's good um, health information in there. Uh-huh. Anyway, root vegetables. One thing you want to do with your root vegetables is boiling will leach out all the flavor and, and the vitamin C. Yeah, and and it just makes them mushy and and yeah. it just isn't the way to go. Steam them, bake them, Put throw them into oven a soup. on, folks, and yeah. and roasting them keeps the mm-hmm. flavor inside of the root vegetables. It fills the house up with a great great aroma and it contains all the vitamins. You could, if you want, you can brush them with a little bit of olive oil, but things like beets you're going to have to peel anyway um, before you eat them. But there's some great beets available right now. The red beets Gold beets and the candy stripe beets are all available, Ke- and what's good? Kioja Ke- beets. Well, yeah, but yes. candy stripe is candy also stripe. another but, name. But for in it. case somebody walks into a store and the sign says ah. Kioja, or and it G- does not Kioga. Well, it's, it's a, a CH, folks. Yeah, I know, so it, you can either say Kioja or Chioga. Okay, go um, go right either, ahead. Either way you want. Just it. don't go to Italy beets. and say Chioga. <laughs> well, we're not going to Italy anytime. They'll soon, say so. Valle Inferno. Anyway, uh, th- throw some roasted garlic in along with the root vegetables as well, and some dust them with some herbs. And they make a nice little potpourri of root vegetables. It may be boring to you, but they're very healthy, 
and they're very delicious. I love root and I'm, vegetables. And I'm, I'm sure that it's just uh, that I th- I thought that health information about berries was more interesting than root vegetables. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's and, that's great. And folks, look it. It's it's cold out there. If you're going to be sparking up the oven and roasting a chicken or pork chops or a meatloaf, which or, I just or root vegetables. Or well, what you do is you is you uh, chop up the root vegetables and you put them around that chicken or that that yeah, you roast can do that. or whatever. They cook up real nice like that. It's I mean it's just like a no-brainer. But for an, uh, for a vegan option, you can roast the vegetables, the things like beets, carrots, potatoes, yams, and just kind of mix them in there and have yourself a dish of oh, root vegetables you know, that's, as well. That's the other thing that I put in that chicken, in that uh, crock pot I mentioned earlier, is I put in some sweet potatoes. And they cut, what's really neat about those sweet potatoes is that they kind of disintegrate some and it thickens up like the sauce, the gravy that's in that crock pot. Folks, if you haven't been able to tell, I, I love cooking in crock pots. Start something up before I head off to work in the morning and I got dinner. By the time I get home, it's really it, it, it's really a wonderful way to go. What you looking for there, Dan? I'm waiting for you to talk oh, about your oh, berry health. Oh, my berry health. Hey, this is out of it's a magazine called Men's Health, which I wouldn't buy because it's got too much stuff about exercising, of which I don't do. But my uh, my wife picks this up at work and brings it home now and then. And there is some good stuff in here. I mean, men, Men's Health. I mean, how can you how can you miss it? But this is the October 2002 issue, and let me tell you, there are four guys. These guys are Marines. These guys, I think one's 31, but the rest of them are like 22, 24. And these guys, you know, they got a lot of time to work out, but holy tomatoes, the upper bodies on these guys is just, I mean, you know, I'm a guy, so I don't look at it like that, but just, you know, but the effort that goes into Eat your five servings, folks. Do some exercise, and you can look like that. And you know what? That's what these guys were talking about. They eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, just a lot of calories. They eat like 6,000 calories a day. Yeah, but, but there they was, burn them off too. Oh yeah, but there was a um, gosh. Now you got now now you made me lose my place. It was talking about oh here it is. It was talking about grapes. A newly discovered compound in grapes appears to fight both cancer and diabetes. In annual, animal tests, USDA re- researchers found that the compound. I've been trying to pronounce this thing. Carcetin. Ter- oh, that's it. No, ter- 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 with a Q. Oh, no, you've got a different a one. Oh. P-T-E-R, pterostilabine. I, I, I'm, so, I'm <laughs> sorry. Good, I'm know. sorry, folks. I've been trying to pronounce this thing so I don't sound like a fool getting on the air. But anyway, which is easy for me to do. But uh, protects, Well, that's not a common word we use every No, pterostilabine. Ter, I'm sorry. Protects cells from the effects of damaging uh, carcinogens. That one I do know. The compound may also help keep blood sugar levels in check. Dark-skinned grapes have the highest concentrations of that stuff. So, like we say, five. And also, I just read a thing that um, the Produce for Better Health Foundation, the five-a-day people, following, I guess, Canada's lead, are saying not only five-a-day, the color way, but it is five to nine a day. That's right. Five to nine a day. Um, The berries also contain recent discoveries, especially cranberries, quercetin, which is another strong, strong phytochemical that's also found in peppers and kohlrabi and things of that nature. New discoveries are being made every day, and if we can pronounce them, boy, we'll tell them about And you're, even if we can't, we'll tell you about them here on The Produce You're going to semi-hear them 
here on the Produce Bear That's Radio right. Show. Hey, thanks for joining us today, folks. Remember, go out and get your mushrooms and all your other fresh fruits and vegetables. Till next week, this is Dan the Produce Man saying thank you for a real good time. And I'm Guido the Gardener, and I will tell you what my nonna Bessie always told me. Manja! Manja!